All right, guys. All right, man. Hey, it's good to see you guys today. Hey, we're going to have a good time. We are starting off a, a new year, and with a new year comes a new series. And so today, we are starting a four-week series that will take us all through uh, the month of January called Game Changer. It's going to be an awesome series. I think that God's really going to use this in your life. And, and listen, if you will make, I'm telling you, if you'll make the commitment to come uh, every week in this series, I think that God will do something really significant in your life over the next four weeks. It's going to be a game changer. It's going to be a big deal. Um, but, uh, but several weeks ago, several weeks ago, just to start everything off, I was, uh, we are thinking about this series, and we've been thinking about this, planning it for, for several months. But a couple of weeks ago, um, I did a very non-scientific survey on uh, Facebook and Twitter. And uh, on Facebook and Twitter, I, I, I just put out a question uh, one day, and I said, I said, what do you think are some of the biggest game changers in sports? In sports, it doesn't matter any sport. I don't care. Basketball, football, water polo, I don't care what you're into today. Uh, whatever sport, give me some of the biggest game changers, in your opinion, in sports. I just put that out there on, uh, on Facebook and Twitter, and while you were putting up pictures of your cat and what you ate for lunch, I just put that out there one day. And, uh, and man, I got a lot of answers, man. The responses were, were really quick, really fast, and a lot of them were the same. The number one answer that I got, biggest game changer in sports, this guy right here, Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan was the over, I got that on Twitter, I got it on Facebook. So many people said Michael Jordan, uh, just an absolute game changer, not just for basketball, but, but for sports in general. That's the number one thing that I heard, Michael Jordan. I'll, I'll give you another one, uh, J- Jackie Robinson. Jack, I mean, t- man, talking about game changers, there's the definition of a game changer for sports. Jackie Robinson. I'll tell you, uh, one of the m- most popular ones, though, that I got was this right here, uh, the three-point line. When the three-point line introduced in basketball, and uh, nobody said uh, Christian Leitner or Duke. I don't know why. Nobody? Sorry, sorry, sorry. I just had to. Somebody sent me, a, I think it was uh, yeah, John back there at our soundboard. John Hicks sent me a text message last night and basically saying, I'm going to wear a Duke shirt tomorrow, so you better be prepared to wear my, do my funeral. And he did wear a Duke shirt. So if you're angry today, it's all his fault, okay? Um, <laughs> but hey, listen, listen. Uh, man, when you think about game changers, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe you think about the athlete that joins the team and, and they're, they're, so, they're so skilled. They're just, they just have the potential to carry the entire team. I mean, the team dynamic just changes because of this person. And the moment they joined the team, it was a game changer. Or maybe it wasn't even a specific person. Maybe it's a decision that's made. Maybe your team, they had a, they, last season stunk for them. And some decision was made in the off season, And it just completely turned it around. Or another way to think about a game changer, it might be some decision or a play that takes place during a game that just changes the tide, brings new momentum to the team that was the underdog and that was behind, and all of a sudden they win, they pull it out because of a game changer. There's all kinds of different people we could talk about. There's all kinds of different things we could talk about when it comes to game changers, and there's a lot of people here. It's a new year. I know a lot of us have resolutions. I know a lot of us have new goals, and there are some, there's somebody in the room, and I don't know who you are today, But there's somebody in the room, and you're looking for a game changer in your marriage. 
There's somebody in the room today, and you came, and you're looking for a game changer in your finances. You're looking for a game changer personally. You don't know what it is, but you're looking for some kind of game changer in your life. Or maybe there's somebody here today, and you're just looking back at last year, 2013, just felt like a losing season for you. And you're hoping that 2014 is going to be a game-changing year. And I just want to say today, as we're starting out this new sermon series, that I believe that 2014 can be a game-changing year for you. I'm convinced that 2014 can be a game-changing year for your family. I'm convinced that 2014 can be a game-changing year for our church. And what I want to do today, I want to start off this new series by talking about how you can make this year a banner year. I want to talk about how you can make 2014 a banner year. I mean, don't we love banner years, right? Don't we love when our, when our team wins the trophy, brings it home, we get to raise a banner high, we get to celebrate the fact that they won it all. And I'm convinced that this year can be a banner year for you. Now see, when I say banner year, it doesn't mean that 2014 is going to be a perfect year because listen, the world's broken, we're broken, there's no such thing as a perfect year, but I'm convinced you can make some significant decisions, you can start to do some new things so that by the time you get to the end of 2014, you won't see perfection, but what you can see is progress. Progress in areas maybe you've never seen it before. And so today, I want us to see how this year can be a banner year. Because what we're going to do in this series, we're actually going to look at one passage in Matthew chapter 6 that everybody knows. Every person in the room. It doesn't matter if you've never been to church today. You heard we were tailgating and you just wanted to come and check this out. You don't know anything about the Bible. Every person in here knows the passage that we're going to be in. Because in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus gives a game changer. What Jesus says in Matthew 6, again, it's something that we all know. And the problem is that we're so familiar with what we're going to read, a lot of times things that we're familiar with can lose their significance. But Jesus gives us a game changer in Matthew chapter 6. And so if you've got a Bible, I want you to go ahead, open it up, turn it on, whatever you need to do. Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. And this is what we're about to read. This is what's called the Lord's Prayer. Every week in this series, we're going to be in this prayer. And we're going to look at each statement verse by verse, phrase by phrase, because what Jesus gives us in this thing that we all know, some of you probably got this on a coffee mug at home, some of you probably got this on a sweatshirt, and there's like a deer drinking water out of a creek, and there's the Lord's Prayer, and that sounds like an awesome sweatshirt, by the way. But we're so familiar with it, we can say it. It's not even going to be up on the screen because I bet a lot of you can even say this. You don't even have to look down. But we all know this, but a lot of us, we know it so well. We lose the significance of it because this is a game changer. And so if you've got a Bible, you can read this along. But if not, you can say it to yourself because I bet a lot of you know this. This is what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. He says this, Our Father in heaven... Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. 
And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. See, this comes right in the middle of the longest sermon we've got from Jesus in the Bible. It's Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, and it's called the Sermon on the Mount. And the entire Sermon on the Mount is about one idea, and it's the idea that Jesus says there are two kingdoms. There's two kingdoms, and every person lives in one of these two kingdoms. There's the kingdom of this world. There's the kingdom of this world that most people live in. And Jesus says the problem with the kingdom of this world is that the kingdom of this world, the clock is running out for that kingdom. But there's another kingdom, and it's called the kingdom of heaven. And listen to me, if you're here today, you're a Christian, you've got a relationship with Jesus, then Jesus says you right now are a citizen of that kingdom. And what Jesus does in these chapters, he just says, hey, listen, if you're a citizen of the kingdom of heaven, here is what life is going to look like. What Jesus does in these chapters is Jesus invites us to live at a different level. He invites us to live in a different kingdom. And that is a game changer. And so when we get to Matthew chapter 6, Jesus starts to talk about people who try to be religious and try to use God in this kingdom only to make themselves look good. You know, people that come to church just to be seen, that doesn't happen today, thank goodness, amen? Right? People that try to act really spiritual so that people will think they're really spiritual, they pray really long prayers, they pray really loud prayers, they try to use really big words so people will think, man, they're holy, man, they knew God, they know God. Jesus says, don't do that. Jesus says, people that live as citizens of my kingdom, they don't live for the opinion and approval of other people. They live from the approval of their heavenly Father. So you don't need to try to impress people with how much you know about me. You just need to walk with me. And then Jesus says, here's how you need to pray. And then he gives us what we know as the Lord's Prayer. And Jesus, I think, in the first couple of phrases that we read there in verses 9 and 10, Jesus gives us three ways that we can make 2014 a banner year. So if you're taking notes, you're writing this down, you're going to get this tattooed on you later. You need to start writing this stuff down. Because there's three things you, need, you and I need to do if we're going to make 2014 a banner year. And the first thing Jesus says is don't lose perspective. Don't lose perspective. I mean, even the way that he starts this off, listen to what he says. He says, our Father. Now listen, again, you know this. You've got the sweatshirt. The deer is at the creek sipping the water, and there's the Lord's Prayer. You know this bad boy. But he says, our Father. You've got to understand that that idea, that is a game-changing idea in Jesus' day. If anybody in Jesus' day called God Father, that was blasphemy, and they could have been killed for it. This is a game-changing idea. Jesus says, talk to God as Father. And see, a lot of times we we have a hard time with that. Some of you might have a hard time with that because your earthly dad wasn't the kind of father that he should have been. And what can happen a lot of times if we're not careful is we can project our earthly father onto our heavenly father. And because maybe he did something to you, he didn't love you the way that he should, he wasn't there for you. All of a sudden we project that onto our heavenly father. And listen, I just want to remove that from the table today and say, if that's you, I want you to know that your heavenly father is different than your earthly father. So I just want to take that 
off the table today. But listen, a lot of us, and this is where a lot of people are that I talk to, a lot of us have a hard time imagining and relating to God as dad or as father because we know how jacked up we are, right? We we know how jacked up we are. We know how much we struggle. We know how messed up we are. And listen, if I'm a child and if God's my dad, then listen, I I must be the problem child in the family because I'm convinced that God looks at me and just rolls his eyes at me because I can't get my act together. I'm convinced that God's probably embarrassed of me. Listen, I just have a hard time with this idea and relating to God this way because, listen, I am pretty messed up. And listen, you don't have to do anything right now, but I just wonder how many Christians there are in the room right now that when you're hearing this, you'd say, you know what, that's exactly what my relationship with God sounds like, a loving father and his child. I wonder how many Christians there are in the room that says, yeah, that's what it sounds like for me and God. Here's how a lot of Christians talk when I talk to them. A lot of Christians sound like they're on the opposite end of the spectrum. Their relationship with God sounds like a lot of guilt. Sounds like a lot of condemnation. Sounds like they feel bad all the time because they know how messed up they are and they know that God knows how messed up they are. And what starts to happen is we relate to God in terms of guilt, fear, and condemnation. And listen, when we're there, what happens is we have lost perspective because I want to say to you today that, listen, if God is your father, it is not because of your behavior. If God is your father today, then it's not because of your behavior. If you've got God as your father, it's because Jesus has paid for your sin and you have given your life to him. And the moment that you gave your life to Jesus, God adopted you into his family. And it's not on the basis of your behavior that God loves you and made you his own. It's on the basis of the behavior of his son. And what Jesus has done has been credited to you. And now that you have been adopted by God... God loves you with the exact same love that he loves his son Jesus. It's not our behavior that's made God our father. It's Jesus' behavior credited to us the moment that we give our lives to him. And so if God is your father today, it's not on the basis of your behavior. It's on the basis of Jesus' behavior. And Jesus is saying that he wants us to relate to God the way that kids relate to their dad. He's saying that God, when God looks at his children, there is no Christian. There's no child of God that God looks at and God rolls his eyes at. There's nobody in the room today that God regrets saving. God loves you and he wants to relate to you as a father. So listen, in 2014, God isn't interested in a distant relationship with anybody. God wants to relate to you today just the way that a father does with his child. So that begs the question, how do do fathers relate to their kids and how do kids relate to their fathers? And the answer, kids relate to their dads in a messy way. How do kids come to their dad? Do they clean up first or do they just come? They just come. They just come messy. I have three kids. I have three kids. I was thinking about this a couple weeks ago as I was was putting this together. Our youngest daughter, Chloe, she's two. And she's not potty trained yet, but something inside of her says, I don't think I'm going to wear diapers for the rest of my life. You know what I'm saying? 
Like she's not potty trained, but she's like getting the hint. And she's doing this awesome thing right now where she'll walk up to me or she'll walk up to my wife and she'll do this a lot of times. I came in the other day from work and she, she walked up to me and she'll do this all the time. She'll do this when we have company over right now. She says it to us all the time, but she said this to me the other day. She walked up to me and she say, Dad, I just pooped. She'll do it all the time. We'll be in the kitchen. Mom, Dad, I pooped. We'll have company over. Hey, I just want to make an announcement. I pooped. It's pretty awesome. It's pretty cool. Now, sometimes she has, sometimes she hasn't, but she just likes to walk around and say to people, hey, you know what I just did? I pooped. Can we do this at church? Can we have fun? Can we have fun? Some of you are like, we're at church. Listen, you need to make your halo not as shiny. We know what you're doing outside, okay? We saw all the bacon you scarfed down out there, dude. My gosh, glad we killed that thing first, right? Man. But she just does it all the time. I pooped. Nothing inside of her says, oh my gosh, I'm a mess. Dad's going to be ticked. She just comes to me messy. There is nothing inside of her that says, oh man, I'm a mess. Now dad is going to be angry at me because I'm a mess. So many times that's how we think about God. We look at God and we think, I'm a mess. God's ticked. When what Jesus is saying, and Jesus says, come to God the same way that a child comes to their dad. Listen, there isn't a dad in the room that's worth a grain of salt that when your kid makes a mess, you stop loving your kids. I love my kids in the midst of the mess, and I know you do too. And if earthly dads do that, how much more does our heavenly father love us in the midst of the mess? So our heavenly father says, when you're messy, I want you to come. When you're confused, I want you to come. When you're afraid, I want you to come. When you don't know what to do, I want you to come. When you're angry, I want you to come. When you're a mess, I want you to come to me because I am your father. Don't run away from him. Run to dad when you're a mess. But see, listen, listen, listen. When you go to your heavenly father in that condition of being a mess, you're afraid, whatever, you go to your heavenly father, don't forget where he's at. That's in the next phrase. Because Jesus says, our father, look at these next couple of words, in where? Heaven. Our father in heaven. He's there, we are here. He is there, we are here. He's in heaven, and one day we will be with him. But the reason that our Father is in heaven is because heaven is his throne. So listen, don't lose the perspective that God, don't lose the perspective and start to think that God is your homeboy. Don't lose the perspective and start to think that God is your buddy. That, that we can just go to God and we, and we talk to God and God's just like every single other person that we ever interact with. No, listen, there's reverence. You know what reverence means? A- another way to think about reverence is awe. And when I say awe, I don't mean awe. It's so cute. I mean awe, A-W-E. If God himself filled this room right now, it would take our breath away. Awe. Reverence. So, so we come to God with our mess. But listen, don't you and I ever forget that when we come to God with our mess, God has never been in a mess. When you and I come to God freaked out, God has never been freaked out. Listen, what you and I stressed out over in 2013 didn't stress God out at all. Amen? 
God's hands have never been tied. God has never faced a lack of resources. And listen, listen, listen. It is a game changer when you realize that God as your father, God is your father, and he's with you at the beginning of 2014. He's already at the end of 2014, and over all of it, he is God. That is a game-changing idea. Don't lose perspective of who God is in 2014 if you want it to be a banner year. But the second thing we need to remember, not only do we not need to lose perspective, we need to not settle. Don't settle if you want this to be a banner year. Because see, here's what a lot of people do. A lot of you have already done this. You looked at 2013, and 2013 was the exact same as 2012. And 2012 was the same as 2011. And we could just keep going back and going back and going back. And some of you have already said this about the new year. Ask just another day to me. Just another day. I'll struggle with the same stuff this year I did last year. My marriage will be the same this year as it was last year. No improvement. My, my kids, that relationship, it'll be torn this year like it was last year and the year before that. I've always struggled with this. My family struggled with this. And what happens is we start to settle. But Jesus gives us this next little phrase that's an absolute game changer. He says, your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. Listen, that's a prayer for God to intervene in our lives. That's a prayer for God to step in and move and rule and do things in areas maybe that we've never seen him move before. Listen, so, so many of us settle when we look at our lives. Listen, don't settle for anything less than a kingdom vision of your life. If the kingdom of God hasn't fully come in an area, then it's not over yet. And so what we need to do is we need to ask God, God, let your kingdom come right here. God, rule a little more in 2014 right here. God, let the ball advance and get further down the field for your glory right here. I wonder if there's anywhere in your life where you started to settle. I'll always deal with depression. I'll always deal with anxiety. I'll always deal with anger. No, 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 no. Listen, it's a banner year. We are done thinking that way. Your kingdom come in my depression. Your kingdom come in my anxiety. Your kingdom come in my marriage. This relationship has been torn for years, but this year I'm not settling for that. Your kingdom come. I wonder if anybody in here has just settled for the addiction problem in Eastern Kentucky and said, that's the way it is. Listen, we are done thinking that way. We are not settling for anything less than a kingdom vision for this county, this region, this state, this country, and this world. Your kingdom come in the life of every addict in this region. Your kingdom come in every area. Your kingdom come in our schools. Your kingdom come where we work. So we're not settling anymore. We're asking God to step up and to intervene this year. Listen, listen. Jesus does not want to be your personal assistant in 2014. He is a king with a kingdom, and he wants that kingdom to extend to areas you and I never dreamed possible this year. And so we can't settle for what we've always settled for. We need to ask God, God, your 
kingdom come. And then lastly, number three, number three, don't hold back. Hey, you want 2014 to be a banner year? Don't lose perspective. Don't settle and don't hold back. See, we could sum everything that we've said this morning up in one word. It's the word surrender. We we could sum everything that we've said today up in one word. It's the word surrender. Listen to what Jesus says next. He says, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Hey, this isn't for everybody, but it might be for somebody, and it's hard, but it's true. The reason that some people in this room look at 2013 with regret is because last year it was your will, not his will. This isn't for everybody, but it might be for somebody. The reason there's that thing in your life that you hope that nobody ever finds out about is because it was your will and not his will. See, you and I, starting today, for the rest of this year, we get 360 opportunities to say, your will, not my will. Your kingdom, not my kingdom. Your name, not my name. See, today isn't about praying some magical prayer where, oh man, a banner year, I'd like that, and in just a moment we're going to open up the altar, and you can come up front, you can pray a prayer, and then the rest of the year is gumdrops and unicorns. Listen, that's not how this works today. But listen, if you want to see God break into your life, it is about you making the daily decision, your will be done, not mine. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, not my will. Your will be done in that relationship. Your will be done with my finances. Your will be done with my goals. Your will be done in 2014. Starting today, we get every opportunity we have this year to make the decision that this is going to be a banner year. How? Because listen, God's will leads to freedom. My will doesn't lead to freedom. My will has always led me so many times. It's always led me to shame and regret and to bondage. But God's will always leads to freedom. And so today, you and I have the opportunity to start to make the game-changing decision. God, your will, not mine. See, for some of you, maybe that starts today because today right here, you know deep down you're not a Christian. Maybe today's your very first time ever coming to Summit. Maybe it's your first time coming to church in a long time. Or you've been coming since we started in September 2011. But you sit in that seat and you know that God is not your father. You're a great person. You're really nice. But you know you're not a Christian. And today, God is speaking into your heart, and he's saying, it's time. It's time to not hold back anymore. It's time to stop making excuses, and it's time to give your life to Jesus for the very first time. You want this to be a game-changing year? You want this to be a banner year? It won't happen without Jesus. You can go out, and you can get in the best shape of your life. You can get six-pack abs this year. You can accomplish all your fitness goals. 
You can be the most productive person that your friends have ever met. You can do all of your resolutions for 2014, but if you do 2014 without Jesus, none of it matters. Today, you can make the game-changing decision to give your life to Jesus for the very first time. And listen, if you're here today and you know you're not saved, I want to talk to you for just a second. You know you're not a Christian. Listen to me. What do you need to do today? Right there where you sit, just as you are. Maybe somebody walked in today and you're thinking, man, I'm such a mess. There's no way that God saved me, that God would save me. Listen, no, 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 no. Listen, God is greater than any mess that is in this room today. And the Bible says that if you go to God and if you confess to God that you've sinned, then today you can be forgiven. And right there in that seat, in just a few moments, I'm going to give you the opportunity to bow your head, close your eyes, and to pray, and to ask Jesus Christ to come into your life and save you. And he guarantees to do it. And today can be a game-changing day for you. But if you're here today and you're a Christian and there's an area of your life where you're holding back, God's been telling you it's time to let go, but you've been holding on and God's saying, hey, you know what? It is time to not hold back anymore. It is time to say your will, not mine. Then I want to challenge you today, if that's you, Don't hold back. If you're here today and you've settled in an area of your life, you've started to say, you know what? I'll always be this way, no longer. We are done thinking that way. We are done thinking that way. That is not how kingdom of God people think. Listen, God's kingdom can advance in every area of your life. And if there's an area in your life where you started to settle, then today we're done. And we're going to ask God to move in that area. Or you might be here and you've lost that perspective of God as your heavenly father. You're convinced that you're so messed up that you so can't get your act together. There's no way that God loves you. And Jesus today says, hey, you need to get your perspective back. Hey, you need to realize it's not your behavior, it's my behavior credited to you on your behalf so that God can be your father. And if that's you today, and if you feel like your sin is greater than God's grace, then God wants to give you a game-changing perspective and remind you that grace has saved you. Grace will keep you and bring you home. And God wants you to begin to interact with him as your Father. Today can be a game-changing moment. This can be a banner year. And it starts with saying, Jesus, here I am. I'm yours. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you for words that are so familiar. Most of us didn't even need to look at a Bible today. I thank you for words that are so familiar. It's, it's been ingrained on us in a lot of ways. Maybe we grew up in church and we heard these verses. Maybe we, we had family members that would, that would recite this prayer over and over. Maybe we've seen it on television a lot or we've maybe even seen it on a bumper, bumper sticker. But God, I thank you for words that are so familiar but are absolute game changers. And God, what you're calling us to today is to not lose the perspective of who you are. You are our heavenly Father. And you are in heaven and we are here. And God, we don't know what this year holds, but you do. So help us to come to you knowing that God, you want us to come to you in all things, but your hands are not tied. God, God, today you're calling us not to settle 
If there's areas in our lives where we've started to look at and think, I'll always be this way. This is never going to get better. It's time to get a kingdom vision. And God, if we're holding back, it ends today. Overcome every ounce of resistance in this room and have your way right now. Hey, listen, with every head bowed, with every eye closed, nobody is looking around. But today, do you need to make the decision for the very first time to give your life to Jesus? That is the most game-changing decision that you could make. And if you're here today and you want to give your life to Jesus Christ for the very first time, you want to have God as your Father, you want to start a relationship with Jesus and know that you'll spend eternity with Him after you die. And you want all of your sins forgiven, that can happen for you right now. And it happens by you right there in your seat just asking God to forgive you for your sin and to come into your life. In fact, right now, if you want to make that decision, I'm going to lead us in a prayer. And I just invite you to pray this prayer. This isn't mag- these aren't magic words or anything like that. But if you're here today and you want to give your life to Jesus, maybe you need some help verbalizing that decision. And so if you want to pray this prayer with me and you're making the decision today to give your life to Jesus, you can just go to God and say, Dear Jesus... Forgive me for my sin. Come into my life and save me. I give my life to you. I want your kingdom to come in my life. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying for me. Help me to live for you to the best that I can from this moment forward. Amen. With every head still bowed and with every every eye, closed. Did you just pray that prayer? Because listen, if you just prayed that prayer, you made the most important decision of your life. And I'm going to count to three. And as soon as I count to three, listen, I don't care where you're at today or who you are. If you made that decision, as soon as I count to three, I want you to lift your hand really high up into the air so that I can see your hand today. Just just you indicating I made the decision today to give my life to Jesus. If that's you today, as soon as I count to three, I want you to raise your hand one two, three. Raise your hand right now if you're making the decision today to give your life to Jesus. Raise your hand right now. God bless you. Right over there's a hand. Anybody else? Anybody else? Listen, with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you are making that decision today, I want you to look at me. If you raised your hand, if you didn't raise your hand, I want you to look at me right now. Just look at me. Hey, on the back of your connection card, There's a box that says, I gave my life to Christ. And I want you to check that box because on the back, because what we want to do today, we've got two things we want to give you. One is this right here, this book called Seek First. And on your way out today, there are going to be people at the back doors, and we want to put this book in your hand. Listen, if you made that decision today, Jesus doesn't want you to keep it private. He wants you to tell somebody. So mark it on the back of your card, and as you leave, There will be people back there, and we want to put this in your hand. But listen, if you are here today, you're a Christian, you're a child of God, but you're looking at your life, and you've started to settle. Or you're looking at your life, and you feel like you're holding back. In fact, God is speaking into your life, and He's saying, hey, you are holding back. This is an area that I want to deal with you about. If that's you today, and you're saying, Mark, I want a kingdom vision for an area that I've started to settle in, or you know what? God is really speaking into my life and telling me that I've been holding back in a certain area, and I want God to begin to move in this area of my life. If you're a Christian and God's doing that in your life today, raise your hand right now. 
raise your hand right now so that we can pray for you. God bless your hands are going up all over here, all over on that side, all over in the middle, right over here. And on this side, right over here to my right, hands are going up all over. God bless you. God bless you. Hey, listen, whatever you just raised your hand about, talk to God about it. Let's begin to talk to God about it. Let's specifically take it to our Father right now. Dear Jesus, we just come to you right now, and we thank you that you are the ultimate game changer. And we thank you for this invitation to a new way to live. We thank you for this invitation to live at a different level, your kingdom. And God, we really want this year to be different, but it won't happen without you, and it won't happen without new decisions and new action. I pray that today we've made some new decisions. And God, I pray that today as we leave, tomorrow and the next day and the next day, every day for the rest of this year, God, we got 360 opportunities to make the decision, your will, not mine. God, I pray that we'd make that decision. Listen, this is a big moment. I believe that God is moving right now. So with every head, God is still moving. Here's what I'm asking all of us to do. Would you, every one of us right now, go ahead and grab that connection card. We've referred to it several times. Let's everybody go ahead and grab that right now. Just go ahead. You can move, grab that. It's, maybe it's in the floor. You put it in your purse. You put it in your Bible. I want all of us in the room to go ahead and get our connection cards. Every person. And here's what I'm asking. Any decision that you made today, we want to know about it on the back of that card. If God is leading you to take the next step and not hold back, you need to get baptized, let's make that move and make that decision and check that box. Hey, that area that you've settled in, why don't you write it on the back of that card so that we can pray for you? Whatever God did in your life today, we don't believe it's over. We believe it's just getting started. So let us know about it on the back of that card. And when we leave in just a few moments, there's going to be guest service volunteers all over this auditorium. They're going to have baskets. And if you would just drop your card in that basket so that we can pray with you, we can help you, we can help you take the next step that God is leading you to take. But listen, Summit, today we've seen people raise their hand to say they're making that decision to give your life to Jesus. We've seen a lot of people raise their hand to say, you know what, I'm tired of settling. I want a kingdom vision for my life. I don't want to hold back. I want to say, God, your will, not mine. Listen, today has been a game-changing day for a lot of people, and I just want to give God all the glory for it. So Summit, let's thank God right now for what he's done today. And listen, hey, church, it's not over. It's not over. The decision that you made, it is just getting started. And in fact, we are just getting started. Next week, we are in week two of Game Changer. It is going to be an amazing week, what we're going to pull off next Sunday. You do not want to miss it. You probably want to bring some friends with you next week. And hey, listen, if you're a first returning guest, make sure to take that card into the lobby to your right. And again, if you made the decision today to give your life to Jesus, you raised your hand, you didn't, but you made that decision on the back of your connection card. Check that box and drop it off back there. We've got, we got something real special for you today. Hey, listen, man, this has been an awesome start to the new year. I'm excited to see what God's done. Let's all stand. Everybody stand up. Look at your neighbor and say, we'll see you next Sunday. Hey, you guys are dismissed. Love you guys. We'll see you next week.